Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion. This is your weekly Star Wars podcast where we round out what's happening in a galaxy far, far away. And this week we're going to do something slightly different. There isn't a huge amount of news to talk about anyway, so I thought it would be very cool if me and my co-host Mark spoke about some of the cool stuff, the highlights, the bits and bobs that that tickled the old whatever for this year, for 2021. And then a little bit of a what we're looking forward to for next year because there's lots happening with Star Wars over the next few years maybe who knows Kathleen Kennedy and all that you never know but at the moment there's some cool stuff happening but we are going to do a bit of a year, bit of a year in review it's been a, a, a very cool year for Spark of Rebellion which we'll get onto in a second um, so yeah we're going to we're going to chat through that stuff but my name's Gary one of your hosts for this week and joining me as always we're on a bit of a run as well We've been together hosting the show for a few weeks now, which is good. But my co-host in the hot seat in the Falcon, as always, it is Mr. Marky Mark. How are you, my friend? I am all right. Thanks, mate. Yes, all right. I'm uh, looking forward to this episode. It's been a, 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 an interesting year all around, but I like these kind of episodes. You know, news is good and all that, but it's, I think you start a Star Wars podcast to chat and shoot the breeze a little bit. So yes, up for this, mate. Good idea. Indeedy, indeedy. So 2021 for Star Wars, if we rewind time just a wee bit, it was uh, an interesting one because we came, we, we've obviously had a lot of developments within Disney Plus. We had the second the second season of The Mandalorian and then we had a lot of setup, which is good. We didn't have much else in the way of Star Wars shows that landed on Disney Plus, but they certainly lay, they laid the foundation with season one, obviously. And then as we got into this year, we smashed through season two. And then from then on, it's so let's talk about Disney Plus for a bit, do because I feel like that's the main that's been the main pillar of entertainment for Star Wars over the last couple of years. And I think it will continue to be that. Um for the next couple of years. We spoke over the last couple of weeks actually around not much sort of a, there's no concrete commitment on the movies in any way, shape, or form at the minute. We know the the difficulties with Rose Squadron, that's kind of I doubt that's going to see the light of day for for a while, uh, even though there's some optimism with quote unquote the insiders. I don't think that's going to that's going to materialise anytime soon. So really, and you know, we've spoken about all the other all the other films. Like there's 20 films apparently that are in development that are you know just that in development. There, we, we always think we're going to get a trailer or a decent synopsis, but it never lands. So Disney Plus, that's that's the key thing. Uh, that's been rocking for Star Wars visually anyway. And we also had no video games otherwise. We've had no, uh, nothing at all, really. So Disney Plus, dude, uh, let's start with Amando then, season two that we that we smashed through earlier in the year. Um, yeah, was that, that was last year. Was that last year before Christmas? Because I'm freaked out by how quickly time's going, mate. Oh, no, no, it was at the end of 2020. 
It was, wasn't it? Holy crap. I was just looking back through some of the news stories earlier and I was like, oh my word, look at that. Yeah. Um, it, it's nuts. Yeah, do you know what? Disney Plus has been a bit of a fun one because it's sort of like, there's not there's not been loads that's been on, if you think about it, like Mando finished. But it feels, time's gone that quickly. It feels like it was, you know, whatever, April time. And it wasn't, it was this time last year. But I think what Disney Plus has done quite interestingly is... Um, it's been a big Marvel year for Disney Plus. You know, every it's been one after the other, just a litany of Marvel things. Um, and it leads me to believe that next year is going to be a litany of Star Wars things because you've got Kenobi, you've got Andor, you've got a few of the other things going on. But I think it did things like the biomes really well and the, um, you know, some of the, the um, some of the more, abstract parts of Star Wars that appeared on, on Disney Plus. So like the Ewoks and the, uh, yeah, the droids, you know, all that sort stuff. of stuff. Yeah. 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 That's been quite a nice thing. So he's, he's sort of got us through. Cause if you think about it, we've not had that much all year for anything. If you think about it, you know, and I think Disney Plus has just, it's just teased us with a little bit, you know, and it's kept us on the edge of our seat with trailers and, investor days and so on. So yeah, certainly Disney Plus is, has been the, the the visual part of the Star Wars universe for me this year. And it, it really has been that, you know, the biomes thing and the the music. I forget what the, the, the show about the music was. Um, but yeah, it's been good. It's been nice to see that and revisit that world, man. Yeah. So the Mando's really been the only thing that's launched within the last Oh, there was the Bad Batch. Sorry, dude. Uh, yeah, in terms of live action, um, in relation to the films, I mean, the mm. Mando was the only thing. I mean, we've got the the book of Boba Fett coming up, which is very cool, but that's been a big, it's been a huge gap between the Mando and that series. So we don't want to get into the into the mindset of let's just rush things just because we want to fill a gap. So I hope they don't move into that sort of scheduling. So, it, mm. But it has been a long, a long old gap, though, between the two. But in terms of live action, we've really just had the Mando uh, to watch through. Um, throughout 2021 and some of the other stuff that's been like you mentioned like biomes and what's the other one was it star wars? i think it was just simply star wars sounds it could have been uh oh, i can't remember but that was yeah, had a fancy name didn't it but yeah don't know yeah summit like that summit but i do summit. feel like the first couple of years of disney plus for star wars at least has very much been laying the foundations for what's to come so i think um the the Ahsoka show that's coming up and some of the other things and or and uh, we spoke at length actually about the acolyte and some of the the possible uh, characters and their motives around that kind of thing. I think that it will ramp up though as we go into into the future. I think we are going to see at least a couple of shows per year as opposed to just one and then a huge gap like we had between the Mandalorian and then the Mando and um, and the Book of Boba Fett that's coming up. Is it next week? The week after. 29th, yeah. 29th, yeah, so week after next, um, which is very cool. So in terms of uh, TV and Disney+, Plus, you know, that whole, you know, uh, consuming content as that medium as just television versus getting your ass to the cinema and watching a Star Wars film. Do you feel like there's a... We, we should have... Do you feel like they should focus on the films more? Because Star Wars films are very much event cinema, right? Everybody, you know, they book out you know, sold out in advance and you know, you can't get a ticket for, for a week or two after they come out. So there is that cool experience with Star Wars in the cinema, but at the same time, we already know about all the benefits of just sat at home in your pants 
eating Cheetos, watching a Star Wars thing on TV. So do you think that we should have more focus on the films or are you happy to roll with Disney Plus for now? I I I do like Disney Plus, I have to admit. And I think because of the whole COVID sitch, you know, it, it's been great to get back to the cinema. Like I went to see Spider-Man last night um, and, and that was a good, good piece of event cinema. Um, <clears throat> I know we can't talk about that. Shall no, we shall not discuss that. Um, and I... I don't know. It's a funny one, man, because I'm sort of, I'm up for the event level stuff in Star Wars. You know, it really, and I remember going to see Rise of Skywalker in the 2019, man. I'm being so excited, you know, booked the half seven at night show. Instead, after work, we stuck Last Jedi on, in in the office, had a little cheeky kebab, a couple of drinks, (laughs) and it was, it was brilliant. Like we did that for when Last Jedi came out and then we did the same for Force Awakens. We did it all, you know, when Force Awakens came out, holy crap, man, we, we watched the entire prequel and original trilogy at work over the course of like six weeks. It was Friday night, every Friday for six weeks. So yeah, it was awesome, man. And, And I miss that side of it. What I don't miss is the crap films. I don't miss the crap films. Um, Rise of Skywalker really left a bit of taste. You know, I've got to watch it again because I might soften on it. You know what I'm like? I'm a flip flopper, but I might watch it again because I don't know. It's, but I still remember just being so angry with it. And I'm just, for me, I'm like, right, let's just let Disney, the Disney plus guys keep doing what they're doing because then at some point, surely someone's going to go give them the films. And it's like the more they do right on Disney Plus. So for now, I think I'm all right with Disney Plus, and I'll get I'll, I'll get my event cinema fixed with Spider Man. And you know, we've got like Morbius coming out, we've got Matrix coming out, we've got a few other bits and bobs coming out. So I'm all right with Star Wars off the big screen for now, man. I think you know, give it a year or two and see where we end up. Let's have a little bit of a reset. What, what about you? How are you feeling? Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 content with uh, the Disney Plus stuff, to be honest with you. I remember when Disney Plus was launching way back and we were talking about the concern around the the amount of content because I think uh, I think you said uh this was maybe a couple of weeks out from launch perhaps I think you said that it's very cool that they've got something like the Mandalorian in the in the works but it can't you can't just pay 50 bucks a, a year just for the Mandalorian. There's got to be other stuff, you know. So they they acted on that fairly quickly. They started to add... It was a given that they were going to add all of the the films and, and whatnot on the Clone Wars and stuff like that. But they did relatively quickly start adding all the other stuff, you know, all the documentaries and some of the other bits that you mentioned earlier, the vintage collection stuff, the old cartoons and, and all that stuff. So it's very cool. I mean, it, sometimes you, you do have to remind yourself, you have to wind your own neck in a little bit and just be like, wow, this is so cool. You know, we've got all of Star Wars at, at the touch of a button, which is cool. But yeah, I'm happy to roll with Disney Plus for now, dude. I think the whole event cinema thing is awesome. Like, And it's really cool. There's something cool about being in a cinema with hundreds of other Star Wars fans and watching Star Wars. There is something cool about that. But yeah, <laughs> they, they have to deliver on, on making a, a great Star Wars film. So yeah, I can they do, only, man. only imagine what it would have been like in back in 77, seeing A New Hope for the first time. That would have been quite something. Only because, you know, people had not seen visual effects like that and not seen storytelling to that scale and stuff. Mm. So very, very jealous of the of you know the generation before me that that grew up 
it was able to go and see A New Hope for the first time. Do you know it's it's a good point that, and I, but I also think that we're we've entered this 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 era of fan service a little bit. You know, I've been in the cinema three times over the last couple of years, and certainly twice this year, where I've actively been in a cinema where people have cheered, and mm. you know we're talking end game. Um, you know there were people cheering when certain things happened, you know, Ghostbusters Afterlife, there were real diehard fans cheering. And I'm not going to lie to you, man, last night, there was a, there was cheer. I'm not saying anything, but there was cheering. <laughs> and it, 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 to be a part of that, I mean, two things, like we've said before, like the geeks inherited the earth a little bit recently. I'll give you um, two. You know, Another to be, you need it. so give you two. Um, what's Neil doing? I was going to, all right. But the, the geeks have inherited the earth a little bit. So to be a part of that, like I think in 77, you wouldn't have got that. It would have been like, it would have been a bit, it's either a big event cinema that everyone likes, you know, or it's like closet cinema and, and niche cinema that no one likes unless you like it. So now the geeks are a little bit more widespread. Um, so I think that's an interesting thing for Star Wars because the next thing that leads me on to is Star Wars needs to be a, a part of that. You know, it has everything it needs to be a part of get people cheering in the cinema. It missed the chance with Rise of Skywalker. We all know that it missed its chance. You know, you bring Anakin Skywalker in at the end or just, you know, like Ghostbusters did um, with Egon spoilers. But, you know, you bring it, you, you bring someone in like that, you bring Obi-Wan in, you bring you, you get a bloody cheer and that makes you feel part of it. And that, you know, it's fan service at its finest. And I feel like Star Wars fans on the big screen just need a bit of fan service for a little bit. Like just do something. Because that's like saying, we know you're there. That's like Disney going, we get it. We we know you're there and we still see you. You know, this is for you. Now let us do the other stuff. Like they've lost that bit of cinema equity that they could Ooh. have had, you know? So that's that's fascinating to me. I think it's, it is fascinating because it is a different world that we live in now. And- I think if you do the fan service like Ghostbusters did, you know, I'll tell you the best example of this is Venom. Like the critics versus the fans on Rotten Tomatoes. Critics are like, yeah, this is average at best. The fans are like, this is an easy watch and it's Venom. It's hilarious. Perfection. <laughs> We're here to watch a comic book movie, not The Godfather. You delivered. You know, Star Wars needs to get that bit. You know, and, and, and sort of act, almost accept what it is on the big screen anyway. You know, and Mando, Mando's done that. So it can be done. It has done that, Defo. <coughs> With Luke coming back, that was one of those cheer moments. If that was in the cinema, if that was part of a Mandalorian, the film, like the Mandalorian 2 or whatever in the cinema, that bit where Luke shows up, that would have been, that's your cheer moment right there. And dude, we spoke about it for so long as well. The Rise of Skywalker. I don't want to harp on about this, but that last bit in The Rise of Skywalker, where they could have had their Egon moment, they could have had Anakin back as the Force Ghost and Yoda and and Qui-Gon and everybody, all could have turned up and the place would have gone mad. And just that one scene alone would have, that would have just amped the score up on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever by freaking 15, 20%, just on its own, that, that scene. Uh, so yeah, bang on dude. They've kind of lost that little bit of, in the cinema anyway, for, 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 you know, full on films, they've lost that little bit of, 
a little bit of connection, I suppose. A little bit of sparkle, a little bit of cheer. They've lost that spark of rebellion. Uh, <laughs> that was like the mo- that was the most <laughs> genuine ah oh, ever that I've ever heard you do. Oh, get out! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that wasn't even. That wasn't even like a. You know, I'm having a bit of banter. That was a genuine. What a dick. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. See what it was, our listener, our dear listener, had that in their head already and you just had to vocalise it. Yeah, because I credit other comedians. Well, you're not a comedian, but... Well, certainly, one of the smartest men I know, certainly the smartest man you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because there's no dead wood. David Brent's leaving. (laughs) (laughs) David Brent, I presume. We had a bit of animation, though, as well. So in the run-up to... uh, the Mando stuff, which kind of took over, uh, I think the year before, so 2020, we had the Clone Wars season seven, which launched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was very cool. And then this year we've had the Bad Batch, which is a continuation or a side step, but still in the Clone Wars-y universe in terms of its style and the time frame, characters and stuff. Uh, when we reviewed that, I, th- I think if I remember, I think that floated our boat to a degree. I think we were... Fairly, mm. fairly favourable of most of the episodes. I think it lost its way just a little bit as we got, you know, sometimes TV series, they suffer with that sort of middle dip. A oh, little bit, yeah. You know, before the finale, where it starts really strong and then you have potentially a couple of filler episodes and then it builds up again, you have a strong finale. Mm-hmm. That was that classic um, thing for me with with The Bad Batch. And I love some of the characters. You know, the character work has always been great in The Clone Wars, but The Bad Batch was very good like we mentioned right at the beginning, I think before the, the week before it launched and we were talking about uh, if it was going to be successful and what we're looking forward to with that. Um, I remember saying that it must be very, very difficult to try and have a very clear um, differentiator between these characters because on one hand, they're all very, very similar and they've all got very similar motives and, and all that kind of thing. But on the other hand, they have to be absolutely unique. That's the whole point of their individual um uh, you know, the reason why they're there. That, that's the whole reason why, because they are individuals, they're not clones. So it must be very difficult to uh, to make it very clear. And they did that with lots of things, not just how they were designed and show up on screen, like their voices and the way they move, the weapons choice, and even some of their emotional motives and stuff. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure you were a fan, right? Of the Bad Batch, it was pretty decent. Yeah, I enjoyed it, man. I think you nailed it. I think you you, you nailed everything there. You know, everything from the characterizations and the, uh, you know, the 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 difficult middle part of of the season. It always makes me wonder with streaming services, like why bother with that? You know, we've seen it with Hawkeye more recently. Um, that you you can keep the pace up. <clears throat> you know, there's always one episode that's a bit loose because it's exposition, but. Um, you, you can keep the pace up because you, you can only, you can deliver six episodes and have a great story. Um, you know, this is not 24 episodes of Smallville, you know, that introduces witches. That was crap. You know, it didn't need to do that, but they had a 24 episode season to fill and, you know, you do what you do, Shazam, you got to do it. And I think Bad Batch like weirdly suffered from that, even though it, you know, it was on Disney Plus, it sort of didn't need to, I don't know why it needed to deliver on X amount of episodes. It could have been shorter. However, I loved the classic tropes of, you know, the A-team. I love the, 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 
that it was this was clearly the A team. You know, there was the tech one, there was the strong one, there was the roguish one, and there was the other one that no one can remember. You know, <clears throat> so you. You obviously get those kind of classic tropes. I think they just lent into that, you know, the fact that um, you've got, you've clearly got that, those characterizations, you've got Rambo leading things up. <laughs> like that was, I mean, it was just a, a full on lean into that style of group storytelling, you know, which I enjoyed um, <clears throat> that sort of ensemble. But what I liked about Bad Batch when it got good and when it really did things well was it gave us, because we, we, I don't think we needed Bad Batch. You know, the first four episodes of Clone Wars season seven gave us a backdoor pilot for Bad Batch, uh, and they were all right episodes. You know, Fives came back, and 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 was it Fives or Echo? I forget. Um, was it Echo? That was it. So, you know, we didn't need that, and and I think at the time it was like, oh, what have you wasted four episodes of season seven when we're all itching to see Ahsoka and Maul and you know, the crossover with Order 66 and the Revenge of the Sith. And, you know, why do we need this Bad Batch stuff? But then it paid off by delivering all of that Camino stuff that we didn't expect. And I think that's when Star Wars, Star Wars storytelling, that expanded Star Wars storytelling is at its best when they create a good story out of something that was clearly needing to happen, but arguably we didn't know we needed to see like the, what happened to the cloning facility? Like, oh crap, of course they had to handle that. The Empire would have handled it. We just didn't know we wanted to see it. Um, so I thought that was a real high point. You know, the end of it, I, I thought was a real high point for um, the saga of Star Wars. Not Sky the Skywalker saga per se, but the, the, the saga of the galaxy. I thought it did a really good job of then tying into the Mandalorian with the clones and, you know, going off to Whale and bringing some of the old expanded universe back and, um, you know, Mount Tantis and all that sort of stuff. So I, it was surprising that they went that way at the end. So I was a fan, man. I thought it was, I thought it was well done. And dude, the animation, it was like Clone Wars on roids. It was, it was good. You know, it was good. It was very good. Yeah. You could see that, um, it's almost like the the technical advancements you can see within Pixar films every few years, you know, they, they, every now and then, because Pixar films have always looked really good anyway. But every few years you can see that they've implemented something new, like the depth of field looks a lot better all of a sudden and um, textures and just general movement and stuff. It's almost like that with whatever tech stack they were using to make uh, the Clone Wars stuff and the Bad Batch. You can see that they had amped up a few things and potentially got a little bit of a, a little bit more money as well. Got the old bunts. Yeah. Kathleen's, Kathleen's like, like <laughs> should have started at 50. That is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Dave Filoni's in the office. She's like, look, we want some more, some more Star Wars animated stuff. You've been banging on about the bad batch for a while. Let's make it happen. And he's like, this is going to cost you, right? <laughs> this is going to cost you. Are we and that's when they're back on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> David Filoni. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that is going to cost him. <laughs> He's like, are we talking like an extra 40 grand a year plus a Ford Mondeo? And she's Mondeo. Like, and a fax machine in yeah. the car. And she's like, yeah, possibly more. He's like, right, I'll do it. Different frogs, different times. Yeah, different needs. <laughs> But the Bad Batch was a success, I would say. I can't say we're going to see any more of them. 
they might pop up in something else, but I don't think, I don't know. I don't think we're going to get like another bad batch. Series. I don't know. I think we will. You reckon? Uh, I yeah, I, I think we will. <clears throat> well, you've got the old uh, Omega mystery. No, I think we will. Yeah, I reckon that's going to be an Ezra Thrawn thing, though. Oh, you think? What, you think he's going to appear in Ahsoka or an, another series? Yeah, I think they're just going to leave that. I think they're going to let that settle for a while. And then... It, oh, sorry, I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah, they'll settle it for a while. Not necessarily Ahsoka, but they'll they'll rest that character for a while and then there'll be like a trailer that knocks up for for something and it'll be, ah, oh, Omega. Oh, we know her. She, she was on the Bad Batch a year or two ago. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, fair play, fair play. Yeah. I don't know. I can't see there's much content left for the Bad Batch to actually do. There's not what's left for them to actually do, though. Well, yeah, I suppose. Know. Do you, you know, do you end up like doing a bit of a freak of the week a team style thing where it's an you know yeah you don't want that you need that arc don't you um i said but i tell you one thing i did like about it um which i suppose they could explore more is did they how how the empire transitioned from being the republic and the clones to the stormtroopers like that was another bit of thing that I didn't think we needed to see, but when we did see it, it was really good because they moved to like galactic credits very quickly or imperial credits very quickly. And like, you know, come and trade in your old money. And you're like, oh, fucking hell, this is... And it, it, it was it was interesting um, to me, that sort of stuff. So I don't know, maybe there is a little bit about that that they could explore a little bit more, like the ramifications of the empire on the galaxy. And I, there's always that grey area as well, you know, um, for people like the Bad Batch, you know, are they are they Republic? Are they Imperial? Because they're clones, and they're, so I don't know. Maybe there is a bit more there that they'll try and eke out of it. But I think there's always a risk of trying to do too much. You know, I wouldn't disagree that if it stopped now, I'd be sorry that it stopped. But at the same time, they did surprises with Camino and that stuff. Maybe they got other stuff up their sleeve. I don't know, man. Yeah, perhaps. And yeah, I'm not sure there's enough fan. I don't think fans want it as much. Remember when the Clone Wars ended? It, was it, yeah, season six. Mm. Everybody went batshit because they really wanted another season. And that was something that was campaigned heavily for from so many people mm. on Twitter and, you know, the socials constantly. So, you know, I think they were like, okay, people clearly want it. But I've not seen that, though, for the Bad Batch. I've seen that people enjoyed it, but I've not seen people saying, we must have a season two of the Bad I've just not seen that like we did with the Clone Wars, but maybe, dude. Maybe. Got a bit of bad, bad news for you, though. It has been announced. Sure. When was that announced? Did we miss August. it? August. Yeah, we missed it, didn't we? So, didn't want it to, in a way. Disney Plus mm. announces season two of Star Wars The Bad Batch. <laughs> How did we miss that, then? I'm, I don't remember talking about that one. Oh, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. anyway. <laughs> didn't want it to. So, you didn't want it to. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> sure, about 100 of them in my garage. Um. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, The Bad Batch. Looking forward to that season two. We love everything about The Bad Batch and hoping that the storylines are really good. Yeah. I didn't read as yes. many Star Wars books as you did, dude, but there were a couple of highlights for that one. Uh, I think that might have been the, the highlight of the year for me was the High Republic books, dude. I think, you know, I know we're going to do... At the end of this, in a minute, we're going to do the story of the year, your favourite story of the year. Um, I've already got mine. But I think my initiative of the year, the thing that I enjoyed most about Star Wars, uh, was the High Republic, dude. Mm. I know I've slated some of the books, you know, the Claudia Gray one. Sorry, Claudia, I still love you. 
But overall, yes. Oh, I'll tell you what as well. No, the two Thrawn books as well. I know one of them was last year, but the other one was this year. Oh, in fact, there was two this year. Um, the, the Thrawn Ascendancy books and the High Republic overall, including this new Eclipse game, the trailer, if we count that in there, they've been my two highlights for the year, dude. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you on that, dude. I think the, um, I think the, the, the publishing book side of things from Star Wars is always strong. doesn't matter what's going on with films and TV or what, yeah. you know, the publishing side is always, is always pretty good. There's a few clangers that, that pop up. Sorry, Claudia. <laughs> there are a few clangers that pop up, but for the most part, I think they've got a really good team of authors that, that, that continuously put in good books for Star Wars, which is like so needed, dude, because if we, if we, if we ended the year on the rise of Skywalker and that was it, <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, need something else there. Need yeah. something actually good. Yeah. So a couple of high points for me, dude, I'll go first cause I haven't read as many as you, but, um, All right. the, uh, the, the first, the, not the ascendancy books, but just the star Wars, um, that was just titled Thrawn from Timothy's mm. arm, you know, that one, that was the sort of reintroduction, if you like, uh, of the character. And when he was captured and then brought in to see the em- the emperor and then he gets drafted in as an officer and climbs the ranks and all that stuff. I really, really like that. And we've spoken a lot about Thrawn recently around these newer books versus the older style ones, like the old, uh, uh, you know, the Heir to the Empire stuff and Dark Force Rising, those old ones where Thrawn is, mm. you know, slightly different stuff. So that was very cool. I re- Like you, I really like the High Republic. I really, really liked that first book that dropped. So I need to catch up with the other ones. But... Um, those other uh, books, what was it Light of the Jedi? I think was the first one. Yes, it was, yeah. my man. That was a great book, a really good, a really good introduction, actually, to not just the Jedi from that era of Star Wars, but also the Nihil, a very, very good baddies introduced in that one. They could, I think, they'll they'll give the Jedi lots of trouble um, as we progress through the sto- that timeline and that story. Just not in the books, but you know, in the video games and and other bits and pieces in the High Republic. So. Very, very cool. And um, the novelization of Star Wars Episode One, Phantom Menace, that was a great book. Um, I followed your lead on that after you drunkenly ordered all of them one night. I thought, yeah, actually, they sound pretty good. Don't so, know what you mean. That was good. It, I, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, I think there's a graphic novel of that now, dude. The novelization in graphic novel format. Oh, is there? Yeah, looks pretty good. Ooh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, and also, it would be remiss of me to miss out one of the stellar uh inclusions of the year uh and that is the star wars make your own galactic halloween pop-up book uh yes hello hello death star in 3d paper sure so that was good i'll have two norby comes around in a suit with the suitcase yes please four four what do you reckon dude on books you mentioned high republic yeah um light of the jedi um, like you said, the throne, I think you, you nailed the throne book down. Um, I, I would also say that probably, yeah, I think probably my favorite reads this year, actually, I think you've nailed it. Phantom Menace, but also that Revenge of the Sith novelization, which I found pretty tough to start with because it was, it was almost like a hyperbolic read. Like the, the author had written it from this sensationalized perspective, which actually once I got my head around it and appreciated why he was doing it, because it was almost like it was from the perspective of the galaxy. Um, I really liked those. And, and Attack of the Clones was a bit weaker. 
but it, they, dude, they would. Those are so good. They are so, so good because they are just Star Wars through and through. Like the films, are like oh, does not feel like Star Wars. It's CGI and all that stuff. But the <laughs> core stories of Star Wars in these books are brilliant. So, yeah, it's a close one because I'd love like the Jedi. I love the throne stuff. That, but those two get it, dude. Those two get it, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very good shout, man. Yes, and we've got some cool stuff to look forward to next year. I think with the High Republic. I think um, I think the video game that was announced from Quantic Dream, I think that's going to be a couple of years out at least, yeah, that one. But I think in the interim, we will probably see another half a dozen books around the High Republic era. But I've got a feeling there's going to be some other stuff as well. Uh, do you reckon we got near? I don't know. It just feels like the books on their own are not enough to ramp up that whole entire era of storytelling for that stuff. So maybe we'll see an, as an animated thing. Maybe, maybe we'll see. We're definitely going to see, you know, the Star Wars YouTube channel, bless them. They do these little, um, these little five minute things where at the moment they've just explored all the characters from Star Wars. And here's what the Millennium Falcon sounds like <laughs> as it's blasting out of Mos Eisley, you know, those little fun little things. But I think, I think the YouTube channel will get involved quite a lot. There'll probably be a lot of character stuff happening there and i'd love to see something on disney plus as well that'd be good but yeah very very cool we were a little bit optimistic mm. initially we were thinking ah uh, you know the, the the skywalker stuff is still ripe for storytelling there's still so much we can do around that era and that time frame but fair play though kevin scott and claudia and the other the other people working on high republic they've done a good job so oh that that range of writers i mean that writer's room is insane mate you know, I mean, it, it really is. Um, yep, yep. But they, they, they're just, the talent and the thought processes and everything that they've got to put into this thing, this multimedia full sprawling setup. So maybe, you know, maybe we'll see animated. I think you, you're probably right there. There's something in there that we'll, we'll see because it is true multimedia. We've already seen a lot of comics. Uh, we've now got this Eclipse game that's set during the High Republic era. Um it would be very surprising not to see something, you know, on, on our TV screens or even the movie theatre in the next three to five years being announced. But, um, yeah, what a, what a rich bed of storytelling to build on. And I, I think with Star Wars, you can never get away from the saga, the Skywalker saga. I think it always ends up there. It's always the road that we end up on because... You know, like we talked about last week, if, if, if they start to say things like, well, this happened 50 years before the Phantom Menace, you know, oh, here's Palpatine, boom, there you are, you're in Skywalker Saga territory. You stick Yoda in, eh, you're in Skywalker Saga territory. So I don't think you can necessarily get away from that because it's um, it's what we want is to know about the Skywalker saga and the peripheral things that happen around it. But the fact that the, the high Republic has been set so cleverly where it is, and now that's paid off over the last few books, it, it's, uh, it's, it's just a rich tapestry dude that, that they can keep on mining and keep pulling from. And I, I think that's fascinating. So yes, enjoyed it. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to see something animated as well, dude. And I think the key for that one is going to be stick a pile of Jedi on the front of it and let us get some animated Jedi mm -hmm. because you know, we've had resistance, we've had rebels. Um, just give us a big stroll, sprawling Jedi adventure where there's 10,000 of them. You know what I mean? Show us some Jedi. You know, that's that's the thing, isn't it? Defo, man. You're not wrong. Yeah. Whack some Jedis on there. 
People like Stick that. a Jedi in there, Janice. Yeah. But it's, yeah, I suppose you're right. Yeah. All roads lead back to the Skywalker saga in some shape or form. They all lead back to zero BBY. Yeah. Basically. Okay. There's no video games to talk of. We've had Nout. I think we've had a couple of mobile games, haven't we? Like Lego Star Wars things on the Apple Arcade and uh, little tidbits like that. But we've not. Uh, did that Tamagotchi get released in the end? The old R2-D2? Yep. Yeah, did yep, they? Yeah, the R2, yeah. Yep, yep. But we've had no decent video game launch, have we? No. So that's video games. Yeah, it was a bit quiet. We got the Eclipse trailer, though. Yeah, got the trailer for that. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's going to be a, a long old... I'm, I'm sure that's at least two years out, though, dude. Oh, yeah, big time, big time. But we got the trailer. Yeah. Think positive, please. <laughs> Think positive. I've got to go out there now and put a smile on. No. <laughs> Favourite story, then. Spoken about TV, spoken about films, books, video games. Uh, there is one missing piece of the puzzle. Go on. Potentially, just very quickly. It's the, uh, it's the whole audio-specific side of things for uh, Star Wars yeah. storytelling. There's a, uh, yeah, I think there's a big, I think they did it with Master and Apprentice. They released an official audio book version of it, right? Yeah, yeah. Which was kind of cool. But we've not had any decent audio dramas for years and years of that kind of thing and no official tie-in podcasts or anything like that to go with any of the big launches. So I'd like to see them explore the audio side of things a bit more because that's, uh, mm. yeah, I don't know too much about podcasting and audio in general, but I assume it's, <clears> a, it's, it's a big old thing so that, that's always on the up. So, don't know what you mean. Yes, uh, good place to mm. be. Uh, great design, great design. Well, I think with that one, um, because they did the Cavern Scott book, didn't they? the Dooku Jedi Lost, and then they converted that to a book, which is interesting. Um, what I'd like to see is, you know, we talked about that Halo Infinite, didn't we, on the old Twitter? I'd like to see some of that stuff, not necessarily standalone stories, but like little companion fillers, like they used to do. Like, here's the Superman Returns prequel comics or the Transformers prequel comics. Like, do a little bit of that in audio. Stick it on an Audible original or, or whatever. Um, it's, it's uh, like, it, they don't need to be these full stories, but they can be companion pieces, you know? Yeah, true. I think that that's yeah. what I'm getting at with that one. Yes. Opportunity, yeah? Comes on knocking. Yeah. Whoever's the audio guy at Lucasfilm, get on it. Yeah. Go into Kathy's office and be like, heard this podcast talking about audio stuff, ironically. And I love, I love that we're <laughs> assuming it's just one person, like as well, like the audio guy. And that he's always there with Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, so how's audio going this week? A bit slow. I keep telling mm. you, we need to do a bit more. And she's like... Can't we see me next see you week. next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't see me next week. Yeah, we'll have the same chat. <laughs> so yeah, a bit more on audio, that'd be good. So to finish off then, dude, what's your favourite story across any medium that you've enjoyed in 2021? <clears throat> well, I'll read you the headline. He's got a headline. It was on the 26th of February. Fuming prankster posing as a Star Wars character has insisted he is the real Jawa after another joker copied him. <laughs> so you remember Burntwood in yeah. Litchfield, <laughs> right? There was a Jawa going round, just getting all these pictures taken, you know, like the celebrity Jawa. 
And then another six foot three Jawa turned up, <laughs> claiming to be the real Jawa. <laughs> and then the second Jawa was taking the glory from the first Jawa. And the first Jawa was like, oh, Jawa 2. I'm the Jawa. And Jawa 2 was like, nay, prove it. And he said, I can't because I'm a bloody prankster. <laughs> so all it is, all it is, is that if you see a Jawa, don't take their word for it that they're the original Jawa. All right. So that's my favorite one. And just, just to top this one off and, and really cement why it gets my number one spot on the story of the year is that the Jawas were then leaving Jawa outfits around Burntwood Lynchfield so that everyone could dress up as a Jawa. Because that's conscientious and thoughtfulness and you don't get that everywhere. And the Jawas get such a bad name. So that is my number one Star Wars story of the year. What is yours, Gary? Oh, dude, you went full on comedy value. I was thinking it was going to be a proper story. Yeah, you know, well, it's on the Sun, dude. It's on the Sun website, so it is a proper story. You know I mean, like a proper thing from Lucasfilm. But yeah, you well, there. we Love don't it. know that. That's that might be guerrilla marketing, mate. So don't <laughs> speak too soon. It that might be official. <laughs> that's amazing. That story, mate. It's hilarious. The more you read it, as well, the funnier it got. It was. It wasn't just the the one Jawa, which was hilarious in itself. The one dude posing as the Jawa. It was a fact that the other one turned up and was like, "Hold on." I, you're not having all the spotlight, man. I'm a jower as well. Well, that's the you thing, know. isn't it? It's like he saw the story and then thought to himself, now this is something I want to get involved in. I'm not having this. I am not having someone being a bloody jower in my town. Do you know what I mean? It's like Burntwood Litchfield. Shall we Google it? Burnt, Burntwood Litchfield population. All right? 26,000 people. <laughs> So there's only 26,000 people. Let's say half of them are blokes. And I'm not saying it is a guy, but it probably is because we are idiots. So 13,000 blokes. Out of 13,000 blokes, two of them have gone, I want to be the Jower in this town. <laughs> yeah, the other one's like, not on my watch, son. No. Not on my watch, son. Seems a bit high, but... It's amazing. <sighs> Imagine if you had to take your car in to be MOT'd in... In 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 Burntwood, you rock up and dude comes out dressed as a Jawa, just throwing things like, "Where are these power converters?" You know. But then, you ironically, me. you've got the other Jawa outfit in the car, and you're <laughs> like, "There's a weird standoff." <laughs> yeah. got and the then keys, suddenly, mate. you yeah. you don't <laughs> trust your brakes when you get the car back, and like it's all kicking. It's like, and um, are you good? Yeah, you. Yeah, good. The car good, yeah. The car's done, yeah, yeah. All safe, yeah, yeah. How much do I owe you? Well, you know, whatever. Just call it, call it a power converter and that 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 protocol drive. Whatever, just whatever, whatever you can, just fine. That's what it's fine. And then just like, where'd you get, uh, where'd you get your robe from then? Ah, oh, just prime it. Yeah, yeah, same, same, same. Just like this whole awkward scenario, and then story. Week later. On the Sun website, Jawa killed in mysterious attack in Burntwood Litchfield. <laughs> According to sources, brakes on car failed. Oh, yeah, because initially they got their asses kicked by the police, right? It's like, look, you had your prank, you yeah. got a bit out of hand, behave yourself. So when they do meet up, it's like, yeah, that awkward, like, mm -hmm. 
And then afterwards, yeah, one of them just loses their shit. <laughs> it all gets too serious. You know, it's that moment where you're like, oh shit, this Jawa war got real. It got real quick. Yeah. Burnt yeah. wood got burnt wood. <laughs> what an amazing story, dude. Fair play. I didn't even remember that story to even uh, talk about it. You're welcome. Fair play, man. So I think my, my fave story over the year has got to be that first... I'm going to be boring. I'm not going to bring up some hilarious uh, social story, unfortunately. But my my favourite story was that first High Republic book. Mm. It was just the first time that I'd really got into a Star Wars story with not just not knowing anything around what was coming up. Because when you're reading books from the original trilogy era or anything like that, you always know that there's something that's familiar to you from Star Wars that's coming up as you're going through the book or the film, whatever. So to read something that was completely fresh and new, but still felt very Star Wars was just amazing to me. So I really hope that they, they deliver on this big promise of multimedia storytelling and invest properly in, in you know, fleshing that era out and those Jedi and especially the Nihil. They're such a good threatening um, baddie to have in Star Wars universe, which you need, you know, you can't just have really cool Jedi and heroes. You need to balance that with some really cool, because that's what's made Star Wars amazing right from the get-go, is it's one of the very few franchises where people sometimes prefer the villains. They prefer the dark side, which is why the majority of cosplayers throughout the world are always Empire and Stormtroopers and, you know, Vaders and whatnot. So you definitely need that balance. So yeah, dude, I really like the High Republic. There's been a couple of a couple of misses with that one, but not nothing too far though. But that first book, yeah, that was some that was some good stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree, my man. I agree. It's been a decent year for the High Republic and such a new initiative as well. It started really strong. Sure, sure. Okay, dude. Well, I think we've we've waxed lyrical enough about 2021 and uh, our fave Star Wars moments. We had a brief little thing, yeah, what's coming up. I didn't realise the Bad Batch Season 2 was announced. Completely missed that one, which is, which is awesome as a Star Wars fan. But at least we got that. So next year we've got... Uh, we got Lego finally. Lego, the the, Sky, the Skywalker saga, that big ass game yeah, that's been yeah, delayed yeah. for a year. Uh, we've got the Mandalorian season three at some point. I think we've got the Book of Boba Fett coming up in uh, late this year into the new year, and we've also got a raft of books, I assume, that are going to drop next year. So it should be another good year for Star Wars. So uh, thank you very much, dude, for um, for chatting Star Wars each and every week, mostly. Uh, with me I wouldn't want to do it by myself so it's been another good year for SOR dude and yeah thank you very much no thank you my man it's always a pleasure and thanks all the time you covered my ass and when we've uh, we've been away but no it's been awesome dude can't wait to get back to it can't wait to see what next year is all about and uh, it's just fun in it to be able to do this so thank you the listener thank you to all of our Patreons thank you to just everyone that inter- in, in just interacts with us on, on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and just, yeah, what a good year, my man. Thank you. Indeedy. Likewise, echoing Mark's thoughts there. And this is our last episode of this year. We're taking a, a few weeks off now as a break. We'll see you uh, early next year at some point at the beginning of January. So until then, I speak for both of us by saying that have a lovely, wonderful Christmas and a good new year, whatever you're up to. Stay safe, stay healthy, and may the force be with you always. Shazam!